a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I'm your host, Sarah J. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode where I chatted with Austin Davey and Mark Benjamin from Rough Gage, creator of The Jake Blade. There is a link in the show notes if you missed that and want to check it out. This week on the show, we're going to get into the Southeast Run, April 27th at the Windjammer in Isle of Palms, South Carolina, April 28th at Greenfield Lake Amphitheater in Wilmington, North Carolina, April 29th at Johnny Mercer Theater in Savannah, Georgia, and April 30th at Avondale Brewing Company in Birmingham, Alabama. Very excited to get into all of that. There's a lot of music to cover, and this run was particularly special for me, and I'm excited to share my stories with you guys. Before we dive into everything, got some news for you. In case you missed it, Summer Camp recently made an announcement regarding the festival after 2023. And I'm going to read the actual announcement to you guys. Hello, Summer Camp family. I'm writing to share some important news with you in advance of this year's 22nd Summer Camp Music Festival. Over two decades ago, in 2001, I founded and started producing this special event. So very much has changed with the festival landscape since then but we've endured and persevered at every turn. 23 years of memories have included challenges, victories, and everything in between. The good news is that our tradition of gathering every Memorial Day weekend at Three Sisters Park will continue. However, due to various factors, Summer Camp Music Festival, as we've all come to know it, will be taking a hiatus. Again, the good news is that we still plan on throwing a redefined camping and music experience at Three Sisters Park every Memorial Day starting in 2024 that will be presented by Summer Camp. The challenges of throwing a mid-size independent music festival in the face of the big corporate festivals as competition both for fans and for artists, along with the logistical challenges especially post-pandemic, of throwing an event of this size in a small market in central Illinois, have had us reevaluating what we do for a while now. But reimagining summer camp had its own challenges, 
we could not figure out how to scale back the event in a way that would feel true to everything Summer Camp Music Festival has come to be. Cutting pieces of it felt like leaving our children behind. So we decided it was time to put Summer Camp Music Festival to rest. For now. We will be announcing more details on the new event after this year's festival, but it will likely include certain elements that longtime scampers will find very familiar. Most importantly, we have cherished our long relationships with our host bands, Mo and Umphreys McGee, and we look forward to what the future may hold with this new event. So this 2023 rendition of Summer Camp Music Festival is going to be insanely meaningful for myself and everyone coming to join us. Let's celebrate together like we never have before as we close this chapter of what was and anticipate what the future holds. And that is from Ian Goldberg, who wrote that and put that statement out. So it seems that summer camp, as we are familiar with, will not look the same way next year. That they're going to scale it back in 2024, and hopefully Umphreys and Mo will be a part of that, which Joel vaguely agreed that that was the case on Twitter. And honestly, I am so here for that. I love summer camp, but it's definitely gotten really big over the years. And I know that there are a bunch of aspects of the festival that folks could do without. So it will be interesting to see how the festival moves forward after this year. Um, Of course, when any news breaks, I will bring it to you. Um, But I'm excited to see what's to come for summer camp. I can only imagine how it's been post-pandemic. I mean, before that, putting on an event that large is a lot of work, a lot of planning. I did event planning a couple years ago. I worked for an animal sanctuary and did their events, their dinners and fundraisers and stuff like that. And then I had my own event planning business and planned weddings and baby showers and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously (laughs) planning a music festival with a ton of artists and things to think about is a completely different thing. But I know some of what goes into planning and it's a lot. Um, So I'm sure there was a lot to consider and look at moving forward. And again, with the pandemic, everything changed for everybody, but especially in the music industry and no doubt for people that throw music festivals. So it'll be interesting to see how the festival pivots and what 2024 and beyond will look like for summer camp. Um, There is this official statement on their website. I'll throw a link in the show notes for that. Also, some more news frame by frame, the new rockumentary celebrating 25 years of music directed by the awesome Pete Herzog has a save the date June 11th and some more details Premiering at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, for those in Chicago, there will be a special in-person premiere at the historic Music Box Theater, a conversation with Brendan Bayless, Pete Herzog, and Kevin Browning will take place on stage after the screening. For those 
at home. The premiere will be streamed live on Nugs along with the Q&A that follows. As a special thank you, the first 500 pre-orders of the stream will have their name added to the film's final credits. Pre-order for the premiere will begin Wednesday, May 24th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Early patron pricing is $19.99 and shifts to $24.99 after the pre-order sells out. Tickets to attend the Music Box premiere are $25 and will go on sale May 24th at 12 p.m. Central Time. There is a link in the show notes where you can find more details on the music box screening. Very, very excited to watch this. I've seen some little snippets of it, and I'm very excited to watch the whole thing in its entirety. Some folks have already asked if you will be able to access the stream after it premieres on June 11th. That information is still to come. The first few episodes of We've Come So Far, the new miniseries chatting about travel, food, favorite cities, dream concert destinations, and more, are now available to watch on Patreon if you are not already a supporter and would like to access this awesome new miniseries. Head to patreon.com slash Company or follow the link in the show notes. More episodes will be dropping soon, and I've got a bunch of chats with folks on my calendar. I have one this evening, actually, with Pete Herzog, so I'm excited to hear his stories. And, uh, of course, I'm going to ask about Frame by Frame. So there's a lot of content coming for my amazing Patreon supporters. Like I said, the first two episodes of We've Come So Far are available to listen to now. And more episodes will be dropping soon. And finally, coming this Memorial Day, the first episode of the Much Obliged podcast, Yellow Balloon Experience, the newest show to hit the DATC Media Network. Very excited to bring this to the community. You'll be able to check that out anywhere you podcast. I recently sat down with hosts Benji, Lauren, and Matt talking about their new show, Much Obliged, the history of the Yellow Balloons, and more. That episode will be coming your way in about two weeks. And in case you didn't know, I get into the recent news on Saturdays at 1 p.m. over on YouTube on the new show, Wrapped Around. Past episodes are available to rewatch. Link in show notes or just search DATC Media on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any fresh content or anytime I go live over there. All right, so let's get to talking about some music. Before this weekend in the Southeast officially kicked off, basic. Ryan Stasek and Brendan Bayless would take the stage at the Windjammer. Shout out to TJ Bannon for keeping track of the set list and snapping some photos from the evening. There is a post on the Dropped Among This Crowd podcast Instagram page, also on Facebook. There's a bunch of photos and I think two videos that he snapped and sent to me. So Check that out if you're interested. 
the set list from that night would go. Where is my mind? I don't know what I want. Transdermal celebration. Push and pull. Polly. Cut the cable. Dear Prudence with Kanika Moore. Creep with Kanika Moore. Althea. Eruption Tease. Always October. Down Under. Susanna. Half Delayed. Dance Hall Days. Remind Me. Into a Regulate Jam. Into Puppet String. I'm on Fire. Santeria. An Encore of Kilbasa. White House Road. And Yellow Lead Better. I heard it was uh, really awesome and all of the videos that I saw and that TJ had sent me. It's just awesome, especially Kanika on Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence is one of my favorite songs anyways. It's one of my favorite Beatles songs. My dog is named Prudence. So to hear Kanika on that, it was just amazing. And I've raved about Kanika many, many times on this show. And I'm sure you listening totally get it and agree with how amazing Kanika is. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's get into the Umphrey shows from the weekend. First up, April 27th at the Windjammer in Isle of Palm, South Carolina. This is the first time that the band has played at this venue. The last time they played in South Carolina was back in 2019 on November 8th and 9th at the Woodlands Fall Music and Arts Festival at the Woodlands Nature Preserve in Charleston. This evening would reveal itself as one long set because of the incoming storm. Getting things started with Turn and Run, this would get the perfect amount of air as it enjoyed its adventure, spreading its wings and embracing a very hopeful and lighthearted vibe before soaring back into Turn and Run proper. Just a very nice way to get the evening warmed up. Ocean Billy next, obviously, played because they were on the beach by the ocean. Last seen earlier in the year, January 14th at the Fillmore in Philly. This would find a spot on my highlights playlist, which you will find a link for in the show notes. Falling down the rabbit hole after six minutes and engulfing us all in, seductively dancing off methodically gathering more energy about four, four and a half-ish minutes later, resonating way out, working itself all up, cooling its heels slightly about two minutes, picking up momentum again as it makes its way out the door, bursting through the clouds and falling into the next tune, maybe someday, followed by new tune so much that has seen play six times now. A mashup next, Life During Exodus, a mashup of Life During Wartime by the Talking Heads, found on their 1979 Fear of Music album, and Exodus by Bob Marley, found on his 1997 album of the same name, and City of Tiny Lights by Frank Zappa, found on his 1979 Chic Booty double album. This has been played 23 times since its debut on October 27th, 2012. 
last time played was August 5th, 2021 at Greenfield Lake Amphitheater in Wilmington, North Carolina. I probably butchered that Frank Zappa album. It is what it is. This version would also feature a very nice 25 or 6 to 4 by Chicago Tees. I just love when they tease that. And I'm still waiting for the day that they play that and I'm there. Because I just love that song. It's a great tune for them to cover. So maybe someday. <laughs> Resolution next. Abandoning its roots and dancing off after only a minute and a half. Pulling it back into the driveway about six minutes, but only for a short jaunt before heading out again a little over a minute later. Slightly losing its mind as it fully expands, slamming on the brakes slightly before 12 minutes. Coming apart, revealing intentions clear next. This also found a spot on my highlights list sinking its heels in and embarking on the jam slightly before four and a half. Listening to this, I envisioned this massive monster trudging along during the depths of the jam, just devouring everything in its path. I wish that I could draw better. My drawing skills have improved with age, but I would love to be able to actually draw what I see when I'm listening to some of these jams because it's very interesting. My son, Brendan, and I have been doing that in homeschool, actually, for music and art. We'll listen to an album or a couple of songs, and I will have him draw what he is thinking or feeling or envisions in his mind from listening to this. He's an amazing artist, so it's so cool to see what he draws and what his feelings are with the music. He'll bring up some really interesting things sometimes, or he'll draw something and then explain it later to me. And it's just, it's very interesting what, um, what people think of or feel when they're listening to a song. A cover of Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd next. Last time played on March 25th, 2022 in Reykjavik, Iceland. Now covered a total of 48 times. This can be found on Pink Floyd's 1975 Wish You Were Here album. Absolutely love the way that they cover it. Every part of it that everybody contributes to it is just so spot on. Another one of those covers that is such a perfect tribute to the original and the artist. Um, yeah, Shine On You is just mm, such a great song anyways, but love it when Umphreys covers it. A nice Jajunk sandwich next. Stuffed to the brim with Crucial Taunt, Soul Food One, and Pure Saturation. A nice eclectic trio inside of this. The bulk of the meat in this sandwich would come from Soul Food One. Rounding out this one long set in Charleston with August into Den. There's that August into Den scratch from the Fayetteville set list on April 19th. And I went on a mini tangent about that in the episode two weeks ago. If you want to go back and listen, episode 227. Detaching from August and strutting off slightly after two minutes. 
finding ourselves engulfed in Perk World about four-ish minutes later, stomping back into August slightly after nine minutes, lacing up our dancing shoes one last time with the aforementioned Den. Encore for this evening, one song, Remind Me, getting to the gritty of it slightly after two and a half, driving its heels in deeper as Stasic lays the bricks for the path we're about to dance along, rounding the corner about three minutes later, opening up beautifully, revealing more of itself, setting it back down on earth nicely, and continuing to dance along the previous path, putting on the brakes, Jake taking a moment to completely rip it open, before driving full steam ahead into the sex metal part of the song. Death Kings played an after party inside the Windjammer. I have not had a chance to track down that set list yet. I've had a couple people ask me. I saw some posts on social media. Unfortunately, I've not come across the Death Kings set list. Um, But when I do, I will either let you guys know on the show or post it on social media. If you are not following the podcast or DATC Media, um, do that because there's all sorts of awesome stuff that I post on there. Links in show notes or just search on Facebook, Instagram. Hey, Carl, guess what? What, man? Not only is there a Patreon for Dropped Among This Crowd Media, which already is a great way to support, but for those who are getting cold feet and not sure, there's now a 14-day trial. You can see some of the benefits that you get at Patreon. Oh, shut the front door. Some conversations that you don't get on the show. Will and I are about to record a football one. Actually, Carl and I are uh, recording longer and longer interviews. I don't know if they're all going to make the podcast. Mm. But you will always be able to find the full version of the interview. It's a good problem to have. On Patreon, yes. We've we've been talking to some talkers. Yeah, that's for sure. But, you know, there's going to be more more content more and more benefit and gosh dang it just helps sarah create more podcasts there's so many things on the back burner and sherman will be with us every day right sherman sherman's nibbling on my knee right now i miss my birdie (laughs) and as always thank you sarah hey rob what's up carl guess what time it is time for another season of Ooh, on this. That's right. You guessed it. How'd you guess it? <laughs> I don't know, but You're I'm so smart. We just did our first three interviews, and they were lengthy. I can't wait to share them with the audience. We're not afraid to go deep. Uh, we're going to jump into Juniper Tree. We're going to jump into, what was Joel's band's name again? Something Bob. Right? Something Stomper about Bob. Bob. Stomper, Stomper Bob. Stomper Bob. We're going to go back in time. And we're also gonna... Tashi Station. But we're also going to talk to people like Daniel Donato and Michael Palmasano and, and other folks, and Carl's going to make more mystery songs, and we're gonna he's going to make dishes that relate to the Guests. We might even talk about Bigfoot and aliens. Who knows? A lot of food, a lot of conspiracies, a lot of sports, and a whole lot of bullshit. Just, Tune in. Just natural conversation. Nothing forced, nothing scripted. Just real. Real life. Indeed. Moving along to April 28th at Greenfield Lake Amphitheater in Wilmington, North Carolina. This sold-out evening was a rescheduled date because of Hurricane Ian last fall. They have played at this venue six times over the past 12 years. 
the last time was back in 2021 on August 5th. This show, in my honest opinion, was a banger from beginning to end, and I did put it on my list of show of the year contenders. And I actually had to ask, double check with some of my friends that were there, people that weren't there, and just listen back to the show if they felt the same way I did. Because not only attendance bias, that happens for all of us, but this show was particularly very special to me. So many of you know that I have been going through a divorce the past year and a half. And the day before this Wilmington show, I was not able to go to Basic or the Windjammer show because I had some legal loose ends to tie up and finalize some things in my divorce. And so being at this show and this weekend that I had already had on my calendar was a little more special because of the fact that I was ending a major chapter of my life in a lot of ways. And so going on this trip that weekend was really a celebration of the ending of one chapter and the beginning of another one. And some of you maybe saw my posts on social media about this, but also because I was born and raised about 20 minutes north of Wilmington, North Carolina. And I have been trying for years to see them in Wilmington because I have not been back to the area since 1998 when my parents split up and we moved to New York. So it's been something that I've always wanted to do. I went to Wilmington a lot when I was a kid. We went to the beach. We saw live music there. So there is a lot of history with Wilmington, North Carolina in my childhood. And even back in 2021, when they played on August 5th, which is the day after my birthday, I tried and it didn't happen. And I planned to go last fall. And obviously that did not happen because of the hurricane. So I live by the mentality that it's not a no, it's a not yet. And sometimes it's not easy to embody that. We're all human and sometimes it's difficult when the universe tells you that you need to wait a little bit for something. But if there has been one lesson and there's been a lot of lessons that I've learned the past year and a half. One of the biggest things that I've learned is that when universe tells you not yet, it's because what is coming for you is better than you could ever have imagined. And that was the case with this. Because not only was I able to go at a time in my life where it had more layers of meaning now, I was able to go on this trip with my best friend, Ashley. And I was also able to take some of my dad's ashes 
He passed away in 2006, and I know I've talked about my dad multiple times here on the show and how important he was to me, not only obviously because he's my dad, but because he is the major reason why I love music the way I do, why I love guitar players the way I do, why I love the type of music I do, why I have the musical knowledge that I do. He was a Marine, and he was stationed overseas a lot when I was a kid, and this was back in the 90s, so we didn't have FaceTime and stuff like that, and so he would make me mixtapes of music that he loved, Dire Straits, Genesis, Rush, Yes, list goes on and on. Um, but he would, before the song, he would get on and he would ask me a trivia question about the song that was coming up. And if I got the answers right, then we would, you know, do something or there would be some kind of prize or whatever for when he got home. And so that's the reason why I know the things that I know or I have the interest in music that I do. And quite honestly, is a big factor into why I created DATC Media. Like, I don't think that any of this that I'm doing now would have happened without that in my childhood. And so the day after the Wilmington show, we drove to the beach where I used to collect shells with my dad. We used to walk down the shores of Wrightsville Beach and collect shells and spend the day there and just do these things, me and my dad. And I was able to go back there and spread my dad's ashes and, you know, kind of talk to him and share with him, you know, this major thing in my life that was ending and really excited about what was to come. And so try not to cry too much. <laughs> but for me, it just there were so many other things about the weekend. I mean, obviously, the shows were amazing. It was great to see them. You know, I never saw them in Wilmington. I never saw them in Savannah, never saw them in the state of Alabama. And so there were a lot of firsts. But to also have these pieces of it that just meant so much more and to be there with my best friend and to be there to see Umphreys also. It was a really wonderful reminder how amazing the universe really is. And, you know, even on the days when it's really tough, and like I said, you know, you just are feeling like things aren't going to get better or you're just in the thick of it right now and it's really difficult it's all going to be okay it's all going to work out and not only is it going to work out but it's going to work out better than you could have ever imagined because looking back on those other times that I tried to go to Wilmington it wouldn't have been the same it wouldn't have been the same and so it was just it was a really special weekend and I'm still honestly trying to process it all and just really wrap my mind around 
divine timing and how it's just really incredible. So there's my super personal story. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening and, and giving me a space to share a really personal side of me. Um, I'm working on an episode of the show where I share more of my whole story with Umphreys. A lot of people have asked when I'm going to do that because I'm always asking people questions about their first show and how they knew and and personal things with the band. And I've shared some of those over the years on here, but I think it's almost time for me to tell my full story. Um, yeah, it's it's coming. Some people have asked me, several people actually asked me over this weekend, and my grandmother used to say, if you keep hearing the same thing multiple times, then it's something you should do. So it's coming, and it's it's going to be awesome. I'm very fortunate for the people in my life and this band. I mean, standing in Wilmington and just kind of thinking about everything, um, it just was kind of like, yeah, of course I'm here with you guys. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's get to the show. Set one would open with Spires, a perfect way to get everyone warmed up for the evening ahead. A very nice ebb and flow of emotions to get the motor running. Day nurse next. Everyone laced up their dancing shoes and got down hard during that one. I mean, I'm a fan of both nurses. Night nurse is my favorite, but day nurse rips. Similar skin next, wandering into the jungle about three minutes, venturing deeper and deeper as it continues, lifting off about three minutes, beginning to walk on air, but only for a few seconds before planting its feet back on earth and without skipping a beat, dancing off, taking a few seconds to ocularly chart out its plan for the second half of this, methodically building higher and higher, breaching the surface and enjoying some time soaring out and getting some nice height with wings stretched wide, tumbling back down to earth and marching right back into similar skin. I just enjoyed the adventure that that jam went on, so I threw it on my highlights list. Allowing us to come up for air for a bit with the less intense anchor drops next, but then we dive right into the second half of this first set, and in hindsight, I was very grateful for that nicely placed anchor drops. The crooked one next, and a quick shout out to my girl Jackie, who finally, after over a hundred shows, got her crooked one. That's one of my favorite things, too. I have a lot of favorite things with Umphrey shows, but one of my favorite things is when you know somebody that's at the show that has been chasing the song that they're playing and everybody is just like high-fiving that person and hugs and you're like fuck yeah you finally got your whatever it was you're chasing and that's just such an awesome feeling I mean I've had it with my roulette everybody was like high-fiving me and like yeah you finally got your roulette and it was the same thing here with the crooked one everybody was super stoked for Jackie this would detach after six minutes very rhythmically continuing on and building getting some nice height 
This had a little liver let die feel to the jam from Joel slightly after 10 minutes, completely cooling its heels and making its way out the door. This next section really got me, like emotionally, mentally, just everything was just like, holy shit. The feelings were really intense to the point where I had to take my shoes off and put my hair up because it just everything. That was the moment of the show where my mind was just trying to wrap around everything in my life. Past, present, future, being there and being with the band and just holy shit I made it and just a lot of things coming to my mind all at the same time and it was overwhelming honestly and then they do sweetness into upward into syncopated strangers thanks guys (laughs) thanks (laughs) like it was already coming at me emotionally and then they play those three songs The last time we saw Upward, August 6th, 2021, at Beach Mountain Resort in Beach Mountain, North Carolina. And all I could think of was how spot on that they played Upward at this show that I said meant just so much to me. And you know what? This is why I don't ask for requests when there's big shows for me. When I had my 100th show last year, I didn't ask for a request. When there's a show by my birthday or like this was a special show, I don't ask for requests. Part of that is because they always play what I didn't know I needed. Would I have asked for Upward? Probably not, honestly. I don't even know what I would. I probably would have asked for like a search for or something because I have been wanting to hear them play that again for a while. They've they've had that shelved. Would I have asked for an upward? Probably not. Did I need an upward? Absolutely. So that's why I don't ask for requests. They always play what it is that I needed. And also because they're the artists and I'm coming to see them create art. I'm not going to tell them how to do that. So that's why I don't ask for requests. It, It always plays out better than I could have imagined. And see, that seems to be the theme. And like I said, that upward was exactly what I needed. I did have my sunglasses on the whole night because I was just emotional the whole night. I'm up on the rail and I just, I didn't want to be ugly crying in everybody's face. So I had my sunglasses on, straight bawling my eyes out. I needed that big time. And even listening back to this when I was working on the episode, still goosebumps and made me cry. But I mean, Upward will do that to you anyways. But that was an absolutely needed Upward. For sure. So thanks, guys. The first set ending with the aforementioned Syncopated Strangers. That would feature A Breezin by George Benson Tease and would find a spot on my highlights list, leaving Syncopated in the dust. 
about three minutes dialing and planning our next course of action. Very Floyd-esque, run-like-hell vibes to the depths of this jam, about five minutes. Briefly transporting us to ancient Egypt. I just imagined these beautiful women, like, their face veiled, and they're just seductively dancing, and yeah, the things I picture in my mind when I listen to jams. Before strutting back into syncopated, and I just love that second part of syncopated when they come back in. Set two would reveal itself as a five song set. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, I'm sure at this point you know how I feel about five song sets. I love four song sets also, but I digress. (laughs) Getting things started with Bridgeless, which was also super perfect. Because I have the lyrics for Bridgeless tattooed on my back. So, yeah, definitely spot on. Heading out unchaperoned after seven minutes, beginning to confidently climb higher and higher, expanding its wings so far and revealing even more layers, coming back down to a more even level slightly before 11 minutes, gathering more energy as it dances on, releasing its grip sights on the exit, leaving Bridgeless in the rear view. We'd see the conclusion of that much later in the evening. Instead, confidently strutting into Professor Wormbog, getting real nice and grimy slightly before two minutes, getting filthier as it continues, nonchalantly salsaing back into Wormbog about four minutes later. Threw that on my highlights list, as well as the next tune, Miami Virtue. That would appropriately feature a pipeline by the Shantae's Jam after enjoying a nice sensual reggae adventure. Coming back onto land after 11 minutes. Fluttering around and trudging along for a few before making its way out the door. A standalone in the kitchen next that would adventure off nicely after four minutes getting itself all worked up about five and a half to six minutes later, almost going off the rails with the amount of energy it gathered, calming itself down a few minutes later. Sounded like a little Wicked Games by Chris Isaac Tickle before making its way back into Kitchen Proper. The second set would end with a nice fatty Believe the Lie. Also pretty appropriate, (laughs) beginning its expansion about eight and a half, slow, methodical, and intentional when it first heads out, taking a nice scenic drive around the neighborhood, setting its sights on coming back into Believe the Lie slightly after 12 and a half. Encore this evening, The Fuzz, sinking its heels in and getting into it slightly before six minutes putting the brakes on after only a minute, dabbling in some mystical southeastern vibes reminiscent of the Canyonlands, gathering momentum, revving up, and slamming into the conclusion of Bridgeless to bring the evening in Wilmington to a close. I tell you, Carl, there's a lot of people out there 
who have either band or or they have a business or they're an artist and then mm-hmm. you know they're looking to reach this music loving traveling music fan mm-hmm. kind of world which can be elusive yes they're dreamers yes like-minded people what better way than through dropped among this crowd if you want to if you want to cre- if you have a podcast you want to create mm-hmm. Sarah can provide a platform she can pli- she can provide um, promotion on social media she can provide an engineer um, or if you want to advertise or if you have any big idea particularly with the artists mm-hmm. you want to email Sarah at D atcmediacompany.com She can provide, again, a platform for your podcast, social media promotion. Uh, she can even provide an engineer. Because, folks, you know, you want to reach fellow Humphreys fans or jam fans or music industry people or musicians or just people who love music and travel for it or, as in the case of Stu on this, mm-hmm. foodies. Mm-hmm. Music-loving foodies. That's right. And if y'all need any help with recipes, you need to get a hold of me. Yeah, you need to get Carl directly. But if you want stuff with promotion and social media savvy and a podcast platform, you want to email Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Correct. You want to know how to peel and cut an onion? You talk to me. That's Carl. You want to put out a podcast? You want to put out some material, some artistic expressions that that you want to get paid for, you contact Sarah J. And if you have old cassettes that you don't know what to do with, you send them to me, Rob Turner. <laughs> Hey, this is Rob Turner. I hope you're enjoying this podcast on the Dropped Among This Crowd Media Network. But my friend Jimmy Knowledge and I also have a podcast on this network that we'd like you to listen to, don't we, Jimmy? It's called the Umphreys Wow Show. What we're doing, at least in this season, it uh, we're perfectly willing to let the podcast evolve over the course of time. But season one, we're going through various old school Umphreys McGee songs and exploring them with comments from the band and from the listeners. Generally, we have a side A that's more of a general overview, and then we have a side B where Jimmy Knowledge signs even more than usual, right, Jimmy? Tell them about side B. Side B is for the curious, the folks that have their scuba gear on and are diving deeper into the improv world and and uh, a lot of the, the gooey goodness that happens in in each of these songs, they they all have a unique personality, and we explore that. The best versions of the song, the the uh, traces of where the song came from, and the songs that came from improvisation out of these songs. And then we have a metal round with a guest from the Umphreys world, and they each, Jimmy, myself, and the guest, pick their top three versions of said song, and then you, the listener, vote on them. And there is some waxing poetic. Not too much. Well, maybe sometimes too much. But we appreciate if you give us a chance and listen. It's the Umphreys Wow Show on Dropped Among This Crowd Media. Thank you, Sarah. Moving along, next up on this four-night run, April 29th at Johnny Mercer Theater in Savannah, Georgia. The first time the band has played in the city of Savannah, again rescheduled because of the hurricane last fall, This evening was sold out, and the crowd was fucking hype. Security, however, (laughs) was a pain in the ass and was not ready for the folks that were coming to a show like this. They were not. (laughs) And looking at their calendar, the concerts that they do have there, folks would most likely be sitting most of the time. 
And they also have stand-up comics that come there or have, like, Paw Patrol live. So, yeah. <laughs> they were definitely not ready for us umbreaks. Uh, I heard a lot of stories from people dealing with security in different capacities. And I had my own issues with security and... Yeah, it was it was a thing. Um, but I can definitely see them coming back to Savannah. The crowd was so into it. If you listen to the recording of this, you will hear it. How hype that the crowd was that they were finally playing in Savannah. I did also hear some noise complaints from people also. I was in a couple different parts of the venue and I tend to agree with that. Um, so hopefully they do go back to Savannah, but maybe they're able to find a more suitable venue. I mean, I don't know much about the city of Savannah other than I was talking to a friend of mine who's from there and was not at all surprised by my security story. He said that's pretty on par for the city. So it sounds like no matter where they play in Savannah, that's going to be an issue. Um, but I don't know if there's another venue that they could play. You know, some cities are like that with their lack of places for a band like Umphreys to play. You know, like here in Buffalo, we have two that they could play at. So, you know, who knows? But Savannah was pretty hype about them being there. And the show was really hot, too. There's a lot of highlights from this evening that made their way to my list. So starting the night with the walkout tune, There's No Crying in Mexico, Tumbling Into Plunger. That would be the first tune from this night that would find a seat on my highlights list. Abandoning Plunger and Wandering Into the Jungle After Seven Minutes, Getting Some Height As It Continues, opening up and reaching a joyful level of the atmosphere about two minutes later, coming back down and sauntering on, placing it very nicely on earth slightly after 13 minutes, twinkling out into the universe, putting on its country shoes, piecing it back together and revealing itself as women, wine, and song. Whoppy Sprayberry would follow, going off unchaperoned after four minutes, really enjoying itself as it explored the depth of its layers, beginning to crawl back into Wappy proper about four minutes later. Breaker next, the last time that was played, last year in Aspen on March 19th. Really great to see that one again, and it expanded very nicely. A Mantis sandwich next to close out this first set in Savannah with Susanna stuffed in the middle. The front half of this mantis would dance off nicely after six-ish minutes, adventuring for about seven minutes before slipping into kind of a sinister vibe as we leave mantis in the rear view just for a bit, embracing a more lighthearted vibe heading into the aforementioned Susanna. Originally by 30 dB, if you don't know, that's Brendan Bayliss and the late Jeff Austin. That has been played by Umphreys 27 times now. Last played was last year at Red Rocks on June 18th. And perhaps that was a little tribute to Jeff Austin, whose birthday was a few days earlier on 
April 25th. I, among many, many other people, miss that dude a lot. Set two would reveal itself as a 1348 sandwich, warming up the spaceship, lifting off, and embarking on its interstellar journey. This front half would find a spot on my highlights list. Heading out after about four and a half. Love the hopeful energy that this jam emitted. Taking a moment to catch its breath about four and a half minutes later before gearing itself for a blissed out buildup of energy. This is one of those eyes closed, full on smile, not a damn care in the world. Just let it wash all over you, Jam. Those are my favorite. In those moments, I'm like, this is why I unfreeze. And that's the reason why I threw this front half on my highlights list. Whimsically leaving 1348 in the rear view for now, heading into a scapegoat, also finding a seat on my highlights list. This goat would also feature an I Can Change by LCD sound system tease. Bayless also recently played that during his Dubious Brother shows with Jamie Shields in Chicago and Peoria last weekend. I had a few people mention to me that they would love for Umphreys to play a jammed out standalone version of I Can Change by LCD Sound System. I don't disagree with that. We shall see if that ever manifests. I Can Change can be found on LCD Sound System's 2010 This Is Happening album. And honestly, I put this escape goat on my 2023 Hall of Fame contenders list, which I will also throw a link for that in the show notes. I think I've got like six songs on there now. This version would start to get into it slightly after seven minutes, hitting every corner of the universe during its journey, elegantly placing it back on Earth. It's the year of the goat, man. They That was the first song they played in 2023. So I'm here for it. Love how that one has just grown in less than a year. Higgins next. This would also find a spot on my highlights list. Heading off on its adventure after three minutes. Enjoying a nice jaunt around the neighborhood. Fluttering back into Higgins proper about six minutes later. Haji would follow, and before heading into it, Stasic addresses the crowd, which doesn't happen often. The first time they played Savannah, and Haji is the first song that they wrote. And of course, it was perfect to get a Haji this weekend. Dump City and Much Obliged would round out this second set. Both of those would also find a spot on my highlights list. Dump City would get real dark and dank slightly before four minutes, engulfing us all in as this monster continues to devour everything in its path. Just disgusting and definitely stank face during that jam. I'll admit it. (laughs) Disjointedly coming back into Dump City a little over five minutes later. The aforementioned Much Obliged only clocked in at slightly over seven minutes but it certainly packed a punch. That's why I put it on my highlights list. And the conclusion of 1348 would completely close out the second set. 
an encore, two songs, and you may recall my theory on this that I've shared in past episodes. Gulfstream, followed by the Fussy Dutchman with a Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash Tease. And finally this week, April 30th at Avondale Brewing in Birmingham, Alabama. Also a reschedule because of the hurricane last fall. The last time they did play here, August 8th, 2021, and they've now played at this venue six times. I've been saying for years that this was a bucket list venue for me to see them because they always throw it down. So I am very grateful that I was able to make it happen. And this was a perfect way to end this very special weekend. Ripping set one open with attachments, detaching and embarking on its own adventure after seven minutes, opening up as it continues, landing back on Earth about six minutes later, delicately continuing to dance and twirl. Attachments is always a nice way to start a show. Bad Friday next, dancing off slightly before four minutes. Enjoying some time dancing among the planets, sliding back into Bad Friday just under five minutes later. Ordinary Times next. This new tune has now been played five times. Speak Up would follow. Rocker Part 2, Small Strides, and Party and Peeps would round out this first set in Birmingham. Small Strides, always a nice excuse to lace up our dancing shoes. Creeping up on the one-year anniversary of its debut, June 11th, and as I said many times, it's been awesome to already see how that song has matured in that short amount of time and having only been played 23 times. Love how familiar these Asking for a Friend songs are, and the album hasn't even been out a year yet. Set two would open beautifully with Miss Tinkles. New tune Staircase next. This is the fifth time we've seen this live. I mentioned in the episode two weeks ago, Ben posted on Instagram a video of the wall in Birmingham from during this song. And he wrote that he's been refining the cue stack to this new tune and now has a fully MA2 triggered video content built in as well. Ben said it's been a blast to create and edit song-specific clips and dial in the transitions and color schemes. So if you've seen this song played recently live, you know the awesome shit he's done. And if you haven't, check out his post, BP Factor, on Instagram. This was the first time I got to see this song live. And so it was very cool to witness what he has been doing with the screens. I believe Aspen was the first place that he had done it. So that was like the third time they played the song. Um, But I mean, I go on every episode just how amazing Ben Factor is. But watching this with Staircase is a perfect example of that. So check out that post that he did. Ringo next, a big fatty highlight from the evening. And personally, I think one of the biggest highlights from the whole run. That Escape Goat is up there too because I put it onto my Hall of Fame 
contenders list, but this Ringo was also a fatty highlight. And I'm sure, no surprise, you'll find it on my highlights list. Very aggressively and matter-of-factly heading out for its first adventure, we'd slip into some Metallica vibes before dabbling in a topsy-turvy, sinister, funhouse side adventure, coming back into Ringo briefly about five minutes. Wandering out again after six minutes, Chris laying down the bricks for the path we're about to adventure on. Really going way out and embracing its own thoughts and ideas. Taking a moment to catch its breath about 13 minutes before gathering momentum and resonating energy all over. The bottom falling out about a minute later, dropping right back into Ringo. The triple wide next. You'll also find this on my highlights list. Venturing into the unknown after three minutes getting lost in the depths of space as it continues, and hitting each corner of the galaxy before coming back into the triple wide about four minutes later. Hiccup next, slipping into something a little more sexy and bluesy as fuck on its way out the door, making its way into hangover, getting all sorts of filthy and grimy in its jam. Glory, followed by the silent type, would round out this evening, strapping in for one more drive around the neighborhood about three minutes, bringing it back home five minutes later. And encore for the evening, one tune, 40s theme. I will say that the original set list, too, had Thunderstruck by ACDC on there, and they cut it. And I will admit, I'm a little butthurt about that because I love when they play that. And it's kind of funny because me and my bestie, Ashley, were just talking about Thunderstruck earlier in the day. Like when we were getting ready, I was telling her a really funny story about the last time they played that. And we saw the set list and we're like, oh my God, Thunderstruck is on there. (laughs) So we were like kind of mind blown because we were just talking about that. And what are the chances? Unfortunately, they cut it, but it was on there. So we were just like, holy shit, that's so cool. But maybe for another time. Wow, (laughs) that was a lot of music to chat about. And if you're still listening, you're awesome. And I appreciate you. This was a lot of music to review and a big episode for me to put together because of adding in my own personal stuff and figuring out kind of what I wanted to say. So I appreciate you for listening to all of this. I appreciate you anyways. I love my fans. They're just so amazing. And again, thank you to the amazing folks that sent me the flowers for Mother's Day. I'm just so grateful and blessed to have amazing fans and people around me. Um, you guys are really awesome and I appreciate each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Really. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for the set list for the shows we talked about in this episode, as well as where you can give the shows a listen and for anything else that I may have referenced throughout this episode. Also in the show notes, details for how you can support DATC Media on Patreon and check out the first two episodes of the new miniseries, We've Come So Far. And a quick shout out to Joshua and Mitch for their generous monthly contribution. 
Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts in two weeks. Mad love.